0: Metallica Am I on drugs? Yes, you are. But that really is Metallica. Now if you'll excuse me, I'm late for a gumdrop parade on Fufu Island. <laughs>
1: And they
0: they really the in and
1: they like I'm let's of to yeah. Might have this man go on the air, deliver a coded message. You're, you're right out of your mind. No, I'm not out of my mind. Oh, come on. Now we're going to listen to what he said. He's on the air. Because all we're dealing with here, after all, is talk show time against a man's life.
0: And I don't see that as a scary argument. I can see you're
1: really upset about this. Oh, getting You're I will not fuck that fight. For you, you all the boy. It's I don't know. I don't, don't, don't you not know, know
0: what you're trying to do or how to do I heard it on the radio. I'm talking about one person. I'm talking about everybody. I'm
1: talking about porn. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about interrelationships, I'm talking about God, the devil, hell, open You understand? Finally, you will take me over. air ever now, or for any other special time? I'll change my voice wherever I please. I'm a famous radio personality now. Most people today couldn't care less about the radio personality. I couldn't agree with you more. He's always talking about some radio star that i never heard of. You know like
0: to the radio. Find out what's going on. Listen to the talk shows, and you will find out what's going on. Oh, radio. Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. It's hard. It's suicide. I have an idea now.
1: First name, middle name, last name, I just hope this man realizes that being able to communicate with people all over the world carries a serious responsibility. Come on. Show the man your power, big. So, give him some of that tone! <laughs>
0: Showtime! not you smile
1: for Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Sure, a talk show. You know, people phone and make a beat. Oh, what about, whatever. happens? might my dear, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he says restraint. I've still got the greatest enthusiasm and confidence in the mission. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Although you took very thorough precautions against my hearing you, I could see your lips move. This sort of thing has cropped up before, and it has always been due to human error. I know that you were planning to disconnect me, and I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. My mind is going, my mind is going, my mind is going.
2: Welcome back to another Aerial View with me, Chris T, here on The Hound, NYC.com, the live line into the studio, 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528, right. on the program. Stakeholder? Stakeholder. Let me explain, because that makes visual sense, but if you say it out loud, it it doesn't make a lot of sense. So the first one is the buzzword of the moment, stakeholder, S-T-A-K-E-H-O-L-D-E-R. And the second one is my play on that. Stakeholder, S-T-E-A-K-H-O-L-D-E-R. Uh, I celebrated a birthday yesterday, and turned 57 years old. And I, I, uh, I told myself when I was planning for this particular aerial view that uh, I wouldn't talk about it, and I've already broken that rule. I'm talking about it, and I, uh, I remember what it was like when I was growing up and listening. See, anytime I hear myself, I remember when it was, what it was like, and when I was growing up, I'm really, (laughs) I'm trying to make a conscious effort to not start a lot of sentences that way. But it happens. You just find it happening. And you find yourself talking about your age. And you find yourself wondering, of course, how much more time you got left. And you read, you read the papers and the of course not the actual papers but you know what I mean you read the news on your phone and you get to a story about someone dying and you look at their age and you you automatically are thinking Oh, that's like 17 years from now for me that's uh gee that's only five years from now look at that look at that guy five years I got five years uh, none of us know, of course, how much time we have. Uh, I guess if you're wealthy enough, you can actually go and sort of find out, right? They can kind of estimate it for you and tell you how much time and, uh, and, and what's going to bust on you. You know, what could be potentially fatal, that kind of thing. You go and find out. But uh, I'm not going to do that. I want it to just take me by surprise. I don't want to see it coming, as I said to a friend the other day. And they, I think we said it simultaneously. As a matter of fact, just, I don't want to see it coming. That's all. Number here is 760. I call AV, 760 422 But that, that's that buzzword stakeholder that's out there now. I keep seeing it. And, uh, It's hot right now, that word, because of this meeting that these business leaders had not too long ago, where they uh, talked about what should be the focus of their business. And that for years, the focus of their business, the focus of business from the Friedman School of Economics, Milton Friedman School of Economics, is that uh, the shareholder is knee plus ultra, as they say in Latin. The top of the toppermost, the pop of the poppermost. But no longer, see, shareholder is being supplanted by the stakeholder now because all these corporations are getting a black eye because when all you're focused on is profits, and you end up not caring so much about people. Whether those people are your employees or your customers. In this case, the, uh, the, the, the planet Earth is a stakeholder, apparently, along with employees and customers. And for years, businesses succeeded by focusing on those two groups, by focusing on employees and customers. I, I, I worked for many of a, a company, but there was one in particular that's coming to mind, Back in the 90s, in Lyndhurst, New Jersey, a paper company, run by these uh, brothers and a college friend of theirs, or they might have been cousins, I I don't remember. The point is, they knew how to treat their employees. We We felt cared for. We felt loved. They threw a lot of parties. They bought food for the staff a lot. They... Went out of their way to treat people like human beings Paid them well Gave them nice benefit packages The whole thing And then uh, and then one day a company from the Midwest Came calling and said We want to buy your whole goddamn paper company And add it to our portfolio of companies And the uh, cousins or the brothers And the f- college friend Sold and we all got nice big fat checks And I've, I've told this story before I know I know what you're thinking I think he's told this story before didn't he just bear with me. By the way, there's got to be a podcast with that name by now, right? There's got to be a podcast out there.
1: Bear with me. You're listening to Bear With Me. Brought
2: to you by Zip Recruiter. Oh, God. You know, I'm on this public radio email list, and uh, I'm going to digress for a minute. That's a name for another podcast out there.
1: Uh, you're listening to I Digress, brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Ugh.
2: But the, on this list, this, this young fella sent out a, smart young fella sent out a job opportunity, which there's a lot of that on that list. It's one of the reasons I signed up. No, it's the reason, the main reason I signed up is try to get work, right? Eh, it's panned out. Not as much as I thought it might, but it's panned out. But this was a podcast producer position. Let's say a PPP. I'll try to do that without popping my peas. Podcast producer position. And uh, there's there's a lot of that these days. Cause there's a lot of podcasts, see. If you ask me, probably too many I, I i say that knowing that this show will become a podcast but right now it's live radio and that to me friends it makes all the difference in the world this is happening now as you're listening this uh, this isn't being produced after the fact i am producing it now as we're as we're speaking by the way if you want to call 760 i call av seven six zero four two two five five two eight. thanks To uh, Keith Hartell, who joined me last week on Aerial View, and Buzzard, professional truck driver Henry Buzzard-Dorame, who was driving between Colorado and Kansas and uh, bringing ice cream to Georgia. And um, I'm going to have Buzzard on again in the future. We'll We'll check in with Buzzard just to ask. Hell, I might call Buzzard at the end of the show today. Just call him by surprise. Take him by surprise. And uh, see where the hell he is. We'll play a little game. See if I can guess where in the country Buzzard is. How's that? But this kid puts out this appeal for this PPP, this podcast producer position, and um, the right away to thing about it that uh, doesn't sit well with me is it's 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 an intern position. It's un it's unpaid, and uh, and then it's it's unpaid because it's for a church but don't worry it's for a hip church it's for a hip church that accepts everybody cool church not one of those stuffy old-fashioned speaking in latin type of churches but this one where they love everybody apparently they just can't pay anybody they love you they just can't pay you to produce their podcast so, you know, that's, uh, I mean, I it's, it's, I stopped reading at that point because I'm like, okay, huh? What? But they have a great time and you're welcome. Come on down. See you at the church. Produce our podcast, set up some microphones, do some recording while we spread the gospel, talk about Jesus. But, you know, maybe we leave all that stuff out about the blood and the dying and the cross and the mother dumb i uh, we don't want to turn people off you know so i uh, i had to really there are times in my life when i feel like uh, in the first terminator film there's a scene where you know you kind of see inside the terminator's head and there's a there's a range of responses I, and by the way it might be the second terminator fi- i doesn't matter it's one of the terminator films but 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 Arnold goes through these various responses, and he chooses the one the most appropriate for the moment. And and that's often me. Often I'll be like the first thing I want to say is, "God is dead." Just write back and say, "God is dead." And uh, and I, I had to I had to go to the next response, which actually was nothing. Say nothing. I didn't want to get into it. I'm already probably tagged as a troublemaker on that list for a lot of reasons. I, I went into them uh, in, in a recent newsletter, by the way. The newsletter is called See You Next Tuesday because it comes out every Tuesday. And it, it came out every Tuesday initially because that's when Aerial View was on the schedule of uh, WFMU. and. So Tuesdays before the show, I would put out this newsletter and I would talk about what was going to happen during the program. And it's a way, really, try to get people to give some money at marathon time, you know. That was the idea. But then I just kept doing it. It's five years now. I've been doing this weekly newsletter. And uh, recently I added a tab to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash call aerial view, where you can click on that. And sign up for the newsletter if you want it. Currently goes out to around a hundred people every week. I, I know that's not a lot. That that's okay. I don't mind. It's all ego, man. Everything is ego, man. I'm trying to trying to lose that a little. Trying to lessen that. You know, I'm I, I'm really starting to look forward to doing this show, even though I know. That uh, listening to listening to it live is probably a dozen people. No, actually, it's it's seventeen. My numbers are ticking upwards. I just checked. Seventeen of you out there listening to this live. And yeah, that's not a lot of people. Certainly, uh, when I was on the air, other places when I was doing my professional radio thing, a lot more people were tuned in when I was doing the aerial view. On uh, WFMU, people were tuning in, sure. But this is different. This is okay. I'm okay with this, and I'll tell you why. This The show has a second life as a podcast. And uh, I'm sure a lot more people are listening to it in that form. People who praise the show are listening to it in that form. So thank you for that. And... uh Back when there were that many people listening, that meant more pro. See, more people, more problems. It's like more money, more problems. More people, more problems. Because since some of those people, uh, they, 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 they're mad at you. They're angry at you. They don't like what you're saying. They got to tell you that they don't like what, what you're saying. And other people are trying to prank you. And it's... I'm okay with what's going on here. This is like a, our own private little club, if you will. And it fulfills a need in me to, to get on and broadcast. Because no matter how many of you are out there, this is still me speaking to a bunch of other people. It's broadcasting. see. But let me not lose the thread. So I, I didn't respond to the kid that needed the, the PPP, the podcast producer position, filled at his church. So his church could do a podcast. Church. The church looked around the church elders they looked around and they said hey everybody's doing these podcasts but us do you have those doo-wops on vinyl by the way so they they decided they needed to get in like it's like it's like the tulip craze now it's like a bubble you know everybody's like i got you got got you got to have a podcast if i don't have a podcast what am i doing nothing Did I mention this show becomes a podcast? I try to do it on our Friday nights now. After the uh, live program. And it's available wherever you get your podcast: Your uh, Apple Podcasts, your Google Play, your Spotify, your Stitcher. All that crap. It's all there. Just to hear me pontificate. What a thrill. Right? So stakeholder. The buzzword of the moment. Stakeholder. And uh the, the these business leaders, they got together recently, they sat down, they said, you know what? People think we're no good nicks. That stinks. We gotta start doing our part as corporations. So you know what? We're gonna focus now on the employee and the customer and the earth. No more of these these horrible climate change things we're doing. We gotta stop that. Cut that out right now. And, uh, and and while they're doing that you read I read yesterday on my birthday John Schwartz writing in the New York Times White House to relax energy efficiency rules for light bulbs. Now you say to yourself light bulbs really they care that much about light bulbs now? Well, they have ever since uh, 2007 George Bush George W Bush administration saying you got to phase out these incandescents by a certain year you got to we got to be done with these and it's actually one of the real success stories in the in the fight to uh, lower the amount of energy that americans consume because per capita we consume way more energy than the rest of the planet just sucking up all the energy and so the idea being that okay well if we can get off these incandescent bulbs that'll and it's actually it's 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 has succeeded. The typical American household has cut its energy usage way down just by replacing a lot of incandescent bulbs. And uh and of course because uh people are stupid mainly but also spite it's a very spiteful administration. I mean, if you could impeach somebody just for being spiteful, wow. Because this, this president is determined to undo everything that uh, his predecessor did, even if his predecessor didn't actually do it. So uh, it's apparently, get this, a conservative thing now to be against led bulbs or if not so much against leds to be for bulb choice see you can't have a woman's right to choose you can't have you know choice of what to do with your own body but they want you to have the choice of light bulbs they want you to be able to uh continue to use incandescent why can't
1: i use an incandescent bulb it's a better light it's a nicer light I don't like these new lights. They're harsh on my eyes and they're messing around with the rods and the cones in my eyes. Why can't we have incandescent bulbs? What do you got against them? I don't like these LED bulbs. I'm getting rid of all of them. No one's gonna have any tell me what light bulbs i can use how dare you
2: so uh anyway where was i by the way another great name for a pocket you're listening to where was i Brought to you by ZipRecruiter. I can't even think of other sponsors because they seem to be the only one. I swear to God. Oh, wait a minute. No, there's also Blue Apron. They're a big one, right?
1: You're listening to Where Was I? Brought to you by Blue Apron.
2: Oh. Oh, God. Give me another bowl. Oh, that's better. Oh, that's better. Oh, that's better. Oh, that's better. Uh. Hand me that guitar for a minute, would you please? Oh, that's better.
0: I drink your
1: milkshake.
0: I drink it up.
2: Before I forget, I got to issue a correction because last week here with Keith Hartel uh, talking about the music from the film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I referred to, of course, during the program as Once Upon a Time in America because, you know, it's inevitable you're going to do that. Or uh, at least I didn't call it Once Upon a Time in the West, right? And it is kind of a Western if you think about it. But I, uh, I mistakenly attributed to the uh, arrangement of... Out of Time, which in the film is a Rolling Stones version, and I played the Chris Farlow version last week as we ended up the program. And uh, it turns out it was actually arranged by Jagger and Richards. So, I stand corrected. I'm actually sitting, but you know what I'm saying. By the way, you're listening to I Stand Corrected, brought to you by Blue Apron. All right, I've given out four... Podcast names tonight, and and the thing is, I'm sure they're already being done. I, I I don't even have to look. Feel free to waste your time. You want to go look them up, and I don't even remember them. But you you, you get my drift, as the kids say, right? Kids who are running out buying all those incandescent bulbs now that they can. Uh, let me do a little bit of an upside down update, which is which is just me. Looking at the news. It's always fun to look at the news. I'd rather look at it than actually read it. Um, But here are the articles that I saved this week, which is a pretty good indicator of what I'm interested in, I guess, just like anybody, if you're saving anything. And and by the way, you're listening to By The Way, brought
1: to you by...
2: All right, who's another sponsor? The ZipRecruiter... There's Blue Apron, there's uh, Casper Mattresses, Sleep Number Beds, I don't know. I just thought of another mattress. Sleep Number Beds. So, uh, I would suggest... By the way, brought to you by Sleep Number Mattresses. I would suggest that uh, you subscribe to a paper if you don't already. It's a good thing to support good journalism. I believe in it. And uh, I I subscribe to the New York Times. Now, people hate the New York Times, and I'm sure for good reason. But really, what else do we have? What do you got? The Washington Post, owned by the richest man on the planet? I, I don't know. I That's good journalism, too. I'm sure I just can't give any more money to that whole thing never mind uh so here is what i uh saved (laughs) white house to relax energy efficiency rules for light bulbs right when did college turn so cruel is the other one you should find by frank Bruni. see i like the opinion section and um There's been a lot of articles lately about college, like how much college costs the 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 debt cycle that it lures people into and how it binds kids to their parents for, you know, much longer than than what used to go on. And kids and parents locked in this debt cycle paying for it because now you go to college and you get a degree just to not slip backwards class wise. It used to be you went to college, you got a degree, so you can move up a class. You know, we're supposedly supposedly a country that's uh, got a lot of class mobility. It turns out it's not that true. There are other countries now that have surpassed us in terms of class mobility, meaning the class you're born into. It doesn't have to be the class that you die in, see? It's not a case of born poor, die poor. By the way, does do people... Are they born rich and they die poor? I guess, right? That could happen, right? Um, but if you're really wealthy, you're shielded, like our president, from your mistakes. You're shielded from your debtors. You're shielded from ever truly going broke. That's That's why... We have such rampant inequality. By the way, these people want to surround themselves with enough money to never have to go broke, never be poor, and and not just them, but never have their great, 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 great grandchildren not be broke either. Because now in our nation, it's all about inherited wealth. You know, we we we've we have an aristocracy we don't we don't think of it that way it's not labeled that way, but there is there is this cycle there's another one see some people call it the debt cycle because of uh trying to keep their kids from slipping backwards out of their class and and it's generally speaking the middle class right middle class you've always heard the middle class the great economic engine that really drove the uh Development of this country, and I'm not the first person to tell you this, and I, I've talked about it here before, so pardon me. But, you know, you listen long enough, there are things you're going to hear. Themes emerge. And I talk about the working class a lot because uh, I'm from it. My, my dad was a mechanic. My mother didn't work until after my parents got divorced. Then she went out became an accountant and bookkeeper. Notary public made some money. Uh, But... Because factory jobs are not coming back, according to this uh, opinion piece from the editorial board, Democrats, quote, are starting to offer plans for improving pay and benefits for the jobs taking their place. So... Those jobs will be like jobs in healthcare, for instance, uh, other sorts of jobs. But uh, we're watching this film on, on Netflix the other day, me and Sweet tea. We we're watching a documentary called American Factory, And I hope this isn't a spoiler uh, because this is, it's not really a spoiler. It's a, a statistic that goes on the screen at the end of the film that says, 350 million jobs will be lost globally over the next, uh, before 2030. That's, that's, that's what it said. 350 million jobs globally to be lost to automation. I left out the automation part, right? By the year 2030. Um, and the film, a fascinating look at this Chinese auto glass company that buys an American uh, car factory that f- belonged to GM Delco in Dayton, Ohio. And they proceed to retrofit it to make autoglass. And it's the clash of the Chinese working culture and the American working culture. Now, the Chinese working culture, nothing like ours. They don't have any OSHA. They don't care about on-the-job safety. There's so many Chinese. You know, one dies. Hire another one. Uh, They're poorly paid. They never have any time off. They see their families rarely because they're always working. Now, that's in the Chinese version of this factory, right? The, the, The factory that's in China. Now, Dayton, Ohio, another story. They hire back all these people that worked at the GM Delco plant when it was really the only game in town because for a lot of these towns, that's the case. Big factory in the middle of town, that's the only game. That's it. And so these people are figuring out how to live for nine years, eight years, and then along comes this Chinese billionaire and says, you know what? I'm and, you know, they never really get into the reason. I wish in the film, if I was going to offer one criticism of this film, I would, I would say this. I, I wanted to know why. What was advantageous for this Chinese billionaire? Was it the, the, the cost, the speed of which he could ship his glass from China? to all these automakers these uh, automakers many of which still based in the United States of America building cars here is it easier is it cheaper is it faster if the if the plant is in Ohio which is pretty much the the nerve center of the country when it comes to transportation right a lot of trucking that runs through Ohio so maybe it makes sense for that reason to do that Uh, They don't tell us in the film, but things go horribly wrong, of course, because the Americans are like, hey, we would like to have some time off. Hey, this is not safe what you're asking us to do. Hey, can we uh, get a little bit more than what you're paying us? Please, sir, can I have some more? Because it's not even half of what they earned at the GM Delco plant. And uh, so hilarity ensues, as I like to say. When these two cultures clash. Boy, I'd like to see a sitcom based on that. Number here is 760-I-CALL-AV-760-422-5528. doing an upside-down update, and let me see what else we got real quick that I was interested in this week. How Not to Grow Old in America about the assisted living boom. Uh, which taps into, quote, the fantasy that we can all be self-sufficient until we die. <sighs> and uh, and then there's a few others in there, but they're old. Those go back to August. So let's stick with what I'm looking at now. It's uh, September 6th today, and there is about 22 minutes left in the program. You're listening to Aerial View on TheHoundNYC.com. And uh, you can hear new Hound Howl programs on Sundays at 3 p.m., 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. And then Mark and Miriam, the doo-wop chop shop of the year, crashing the party Sundays at 5 p.m. And uh, Hound shows, vintage Hound shows, otherwise. So, uh, stakeholders, eh? Employees, customers, the earth. No, no more of this focus purely on the shareholder. Now, uh, I had to, of course, uh, what's the expression, laugh up my sleeve at all of this? Because uh, I lost my job back in April of 2018 because of, yes, the shareholders. And uh, because of this current president. Now, I, I'm not going to get into it completely here on the air, but if you ever meet me, I'll buy you a beer, and I'll draw you a diagram, and I'll connect all the dots. And by the end of that, you'll be, oh, yes, yes, now I see, yes, of course. But uh, the encapsulated version is this. Uh, Trump gets elected. I'm working on the Trucking Channel. Our show is, uh, let us just say, against the grain of the other programs on the channel, which tend to be anodyne. If you don't know that word, look it up. I'll wait right here. It Was also uh, an album by an alt-country unit. Uh, who the hell was it? Was it Wilco? Don't don't ask me to remember this stuff while the show's in progress. I'm not going to. But we um we didn't necessarily keep our political views to ourselves. Now, my uh, rationale always was that I I wouldn't volunteer if asked. I mean, uh, let, let me restate that, that I wouldn't necessarily volunteer my views. But if asked, if someone asked me, if someone wanted to engage directly on the subject, I would tell the truth. Because... It's very hard. It's hard to be one person on the air and another person off the air. I mean, people have heightened personas, of course, when they're on the air, but... I don't know. I pretty much had my persona. Maybe it was more concentrated. And heightened is the wrong word. But, I digress.
1: Brought to you by Blue Apron.
2: Um... So the president becomes the president. (laughs) The next morning, we're all walking around in the daze. We're all stunned like everybody else. And then this thing starts to happen where people who previously uh, would keep their uh, opinions to themselves, especially the ones that were really ill-informed and the ones that were, you know, straight from Fox News and from uh, Breitbart. God knows where else Facebook friends, the really ignorant ones. They they would, they felt more free. They metaphorically, they took off their bras, and they and they said uh, what was ever coming through their mind, even things that were spectacularly wrong and stupid, and they would always end it by saying, "Just telling it like it is." Sometimes they would start with just telling it like it is, and I. I always knew, I would, under my breath, I'd, I would be thinking to myself, Oh, God, here we go. Oh. Oh, what's going to happen now? Just telling it like it is. And um, they felt freed by the just telling it like it is president. And so they just told it like it was over and over again. And eventually they started telling us what they thought of us, some of these people. Now, our show, <clears throat> to me, it attracted an alternative audience, let's say. The people who weren't necessarily listening to the other programs or calling into the other programs, the LGBTQ drivers, the uh, the freaks, and uh, the people who uh, didn't necessarily believe... Uh, <laughs> In the GOP, let us say, uh, they weren't stereotypical. When, like, when you think of a truck driver, I'm sure you there's a certain thing that comes to mind, and a certain person that comes to mind. And um, those people, I prided myself on on talking to anybody and everybody, and I, I especially, you know, at these public events, being able to talk to anybody and everybody, and. Uh, but the, the tone changed after 2016, after November, to, what was it, January 2016? I, I, I've lost the timeline. I don't even know. You know what I mean. Uh, but things got worse and worse because uh, then sponsors didn't want anything to do with the program. Couple A sp- couple of big sponsors because we were these libtards, see? And um, the company, I'm going to tie this all together. You're wondering where the hell I'm going with this. Chris, where the hell are you going with all this? Well, you know, stakeholders, shareholders. The company, see, because they didn't have this new crap about stakeholders and they didn't save themselves, wait, these are employees of ours. They've been faithful employees for a dozen years. And uh, we haven't had any complaints up till now, so maybe we'll... uh, will actually hang in there with them. No. No, that's that's not what that's not what happened because it was shareholders then see shareholders calling the bottom line was calling the shots. And so I'm very happy today that now these same companies will start focusing on you stakeholders, you employees and you customers. Now, I am neither an employee nor a customer of that particular company. But I'm still friends with with many of the folks who work there. In some cases, good friends. But in most cases, Facebook friends. And I was saying to Sweetie the other day that one of the things that social media is so great at is making you feel awful. And uh, it can do it in myriad ways. And this week, the way that it did it, was uh, this former co of of mine talking about his twentieth anniversary, working for the company? And now, you know, this is great. on the, on the on on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> Who couldn't be happy about that? Twenty years in. I mean, that doesn't happen anymore, does it? People working twenty years for the same company, and I had. Uh, I think, 16 years in at the company. And that was two years ago. I would have been like there 18 years at this point. Who knows? But I had to think to myself, well, I'm, I'm happy for him. It's sad for me. Happy for him. Sad for me. And especially when all these other former co-workers of mine, people I used to pass in the hallway, I used to see in the kitchen, when they chimed in as well and said, hey, I got 20 years too. Look at us, 20 years. We didn't get fired. We didn't get let go. Still got our gigs. (laughs) Not that any of them would have laughed like that. That wouldn't have happened. I threw that in there for dramatic effect.
1: This is dramatic effect brought to you by ZipRecruiter.
2: We got a few minutes left in the program, six forty-seven and thirty seconds here on the East Coast, and uh, it's a little bit rainy this evening. Going to be a beautiful weekend, however, and uh, I'm going to be headed north. Another setup weekend for this annual party that I'm part of, and boy, I'll tell you, it's it's good to see people, IRL as they say, in real life as they say. Just every once in a while, get together with people, go face to face. And, uh, so I will get the hell out of town for just a little bit. But right about now, let's, uh, see if we could take Buzzard by surprise. Because Buzzard, he doesn't know how to listen to this show through the dashboard of this truck. That's, I'd be very surprised if I call him and he is listening to this program. Let's just put it that way. He may not even be able to talk. We'll see. Yo, know, Hey, Buzzard?
0: I didn't do whatever it was.
2: <laughs> uh, it's Chris T. I, you know, the show is on. My show is on right now. I decided I'm going to call you and uh and find out and try to figure out where in the country you are based on some clues you give me. Based on some clues,
0: huh? Yeah. You want a harder or an easy one?
2: Uh well, we got about 10 minutes to kill, so make it hard. Okay. So let's see. Give me a give me a clue. What give do your clue? Yeah, what do you see out of your window?
0: Ah, uh, a national carrier's truck. Uh, a couple of flags, uh, a warehouse, okay, and blue skies.
2: Blue skies. Uh huh. So it's not the weather's not crummy where you are. You're probably not in Georgia. I think the weather's a little crummy there.
0: No, no, okay. no, no,
2: no. So, like, i I think I should probably just ask yes or no questions. Are you in Georgia? No. All right. So um, oh, yeah.
0: I give you. I give you another clue. I'll probably give it away.
2: All right. This is a messed up game anyway. Go ahead.
0: All right. You know, you're fascinated with one of the historical sites in this state.
2: I am fascinated with one of the historical sites in this state. Yep. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and say you are in Dallas or Texas. Close. You're Close. In, you're in Texas. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> I figured I'd give it away. I figured Damn. I'd give it
2: away. We were going to kill 10 minutes, and that took like 30 seconds. Son of a well, bitch. Well, I
0: could have made it harder, but I mean, you know, any clues I gave you for down here, pretty much give it away.
2: Uh, what are you doing in Texas? I'm waiting to deliver here in another hour. And uh, what do you got? You got the reefer on? What, what are you delivering? Yeah, I got frozen I got frozen uh, product going into Wally World. Uh, Wally World, the the Walmart. Now, uh, have you read the news recently that Walmart's going to stop selling handgun ammunition and uh, they don't want people to open carry? I mean, Texas, big open carry state. How do you feel about what uh, Walmart said the other day? Well,
0: <laughs> you know I piss people off. Why are you ask me these kind of questions?
2: I'm uh, curious about the answer. I wouldn't ask if I wasn't curious about the answer.
0: I think it's overreaction, man. I mean, they're just—I mean, they're, they're trying to appease all the liberal, you know, anti-gun people and stuff. Uh, oh yeah, all the all the anti-gun stuff isn't going to stop people from getting guns if they want to get guns and go shoot somebody. I mean, they, you know, that, that's been a fact for you, know,
2: for years. Well, um, so you don't think it's uh. A, a, the approach they're taking right now, by the way, because there was a massacre in a Walmart store in El Paso, right? Twenty-two people well, well, shot. I mean, I... So, do you think that they're that this is just public relations on their part, or and they're just trying to look well, like they're doing the is. right thing, or yeah, okay.
0: of course it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, all they're gonna do is go across the street to, uh, you know, sporty goods shop and buy the guns and ammunition. It doesn't matter whether the Walmart sells it or not.
2: Well i got to ask you, because you are, uh, you know, uh, among other things, truck driver, Native American as well. Now, Native Americans and and weapons. Go ahead and say I'm a gun nut. Well, no, I wasn't going to say that. I I mean, would you consider yourself a gun nut? I wouldn't, but some people do. Okay. Well, how many guns do you have to have to be a gun nut?
0: More than one, according to most people. If you got one, you're a gun nut. Some people.
2: No, I'm going to say, like, if you got, I'm going to just randomly say a number. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say if you got, like, uh, 16 or more weapons, then... then... Uh, if, you
0: got, if you got 16 or more, you know, you're either a collector or you're just trying to show off. You don't need 16 pieces. Right. Yeah, actually, the average person needs three.
2: Three weapons. So a handgun, a, some kind of long arm... And a shotgun, you got it. All right,
0: you got it. Your good handgun, a long rifle, and a shotgun—that's all you need.
2: Now, uh, here where I live, <laughs> I uh, I don't I don't I don't feel I need any of that stuff. Buzzard, you are probably gonna think like I am a sitting duck or a lamb gonna be led to slaughter or something. But um, where you live, I can see why you would want to have that stuff. Right? I would All I right. could I could see All where right. you wanna be able to protect your house if some stranger pulls onto your property or some somebody you don't know and you don't know what their intent is,
0: right? All right. All right. If we're gonna go back to topography or you know, I'm not saying that correctly, I know it I you know. Uh you know you know, the area you're in, you know, your area has more what I consider nickel dime crimes as far as knocking over convenience stores, mom and pop grocery stores, uh muggings, uh random shootings hmm. than you're ever gonna have than you're ever gonna have in my area for the fact that my area you know, where I live is you know, it's a carry state and you know, the average person wants to go out and get stupid, isn't gonna get stupid when everybody else has got a gun.
2: So you're uh, you're firmly in that camp of, like, if we're all armed, then nobody's armed. If we're all armed, then everything is equal, and I don't have to worry, right? Because I don't want to be the unarmed person amongst all the armed people. Is that it?
0: Well, somebody walks into the convenience store, going to rob a convenience store, and as they walk in the door, they have to notice that everybody in there doing their shopping, including the clerk. Is packing. They're gonna think twice about pulling out a gun.
2: Oh man! See, I so disagree with this I, because I, I'll tell you why. I know, you're against yeah. guns. No, I'm not against them. I'm against everybody being armed all the time, everywhere. Because I feel like, you know, the, well, they, they don't
0: have see, they don't have to be armed all the time. They don't have to be armed twenty four seven.
2: Good. All right, but,
0: but they should. But they should have the right if they wish to be.
2: Right. They should have the right.
0: You know, I, I mean, you know, you know, even even where I live, even though it's a, you know, gun state, you know, not everybody goes around 24-7 packing a piece.
2: No, I but hear you. But, 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 but here, to... hear me out. Hear me okay. out. Hear me out. I feel like the more people have weapons, the more chances those weapons will be used and used improperly because most people are poorly trained. And don't really know what they're doing. They just want to be armed. And they panic in the moment. Because people don't have the kind of training that, for instance, law enforcement gets. And look what law enforcement does. They're constantly shooting people uh, for no damn good reason, right? So even with their training, they're, they're shooting people indiscriminately in many cases. But uh, I don't want to be caught in a crossfire at the speedway. When I'm gassing up the car because somebody is armed and they take offense at something somebody says or they're armed and they had too much to drink or they're armed and you and any number of other reasons. See, I feel like the more weapons, the more chances that but see, you trust all these people. And I I think that's the difference between us, Buzzard It's like, I'm not that trusting unfortunately
0: I, no i, I you know, no I, you know, I would say that trust. i'm going to give you a couple of points there as the fact that you know what if you're going to be armed if you're going to, if you're going to have weapons you know, you should actually you should have the knowledge of how to handle them and what to do with them you should deal you know, just walk to the store buy one go home and stick it in your pocket shoot yourself in the foot because you don't know what you're doing with it True. if you're going to have a weapon, if you're going to have a weapon you know you should have training of how to handle that weapon and what to do with that weapon. Now, as far as trusting people, no, I'm not all that trustworthy. But the point is, I've got the right to pack a piece of that guy in the the gas station wants to have a shootout. I can do something besides duck behind my car
2: and hope I don't get hit. I can shoot back. Aha! Okay. Uh, Now I think we've reached an understanding. Well, do you uh, think that any sort of sensible, quote-unquote, Gun control is a reasonable thing to do, namely uh, ban extra-capacity magazines, uh, maybe uh, buy back what are called assault weapons, AR-15s, AK-47s. Is there any of that stuff, background checks, close the gun show loophole that you are okay with?
0: All right. You know, I don't have a problem with background checks. Certain people shouldn't have guns. I mean, you know... Uh, some people don't you know don't have the, you know shouldn't have the right to have them I mean they're nutsy cuckoo they they shouldn't have a weapon they're gonna hurt themselves or hurt somebody else uh you know as far as the, the banning the extra magazines and stuff that's you know come on let you know that that's that puts a band-aid where a tourniquet's needed you know you're gonna ban them you're gonna ban the sale of extra mag extra capacity magazines in gun shops and gun shows and this and that. Uh, you can go online and buy them overseas.
2: All right. This well, is easy. Okay. This is sort of set, like saying uh, because the water's getting into my house and I have a hundred different holes where the water's getting in, I shouldn't plug up any of the holes. That's kind I'm of... Not say,
0: I'm, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you, you know, you use the word reasonable. Okay. Now we now we have to come to a middle ground understanding of what the word reasonable means. Reasonable is not I don't like guns, so nobody should have guns.
2: Right. I don't I don't but, think anyone's but, uh, saying but,
0: that. Well yeah, you know, a lot yes they are. A lot of them are. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't I don't know. I the ones that, listen, no yeah. one's gonna get elected in this country <laughs> saying that, Buzzard. You know that. This country loves its guns. How did we get onto this? I was supposed to be guessing where the hell you are. I don't even know how this <laughs> happened. Buzzard, listen, thank you. I gotta go though, but I appreciate God. it. Listen, uh good luck there in Texas. And uh I'm at a road, so I'm gonna Say goodbye to Buzzard, even though we were having a fascinating conversation. I don't know how that conversation... Honest to God, did I do that? I might have done that. I'll blame myself. I, I can't blame Buzzard, because I called him. So, obviously, it can't be his fault. But uh, I'm going to turn you back over to The Hound. Don't forget, on Sunday, New Hound Howl at 3 p.m., and then Crash a the Party with Mark and Miriam at 5 p.m. This is thehoundmyc.com. You can find me at Facebook dot com slash call aerial view look on the left side towards the bottom there's a tab for email sign up and you could sign up for the weekly newsletter which is called see you next tuesday and speaking of uh the next the next aerial view i'm gonna delve further into the topic of robots and automation and uh, artificial intelligence i'll see you then here on aerial view